I said to Izzy, we have to talk about money at, at some point. Wow. He was like, I know someone who has a lot of money, so I can bring him to you. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you here. I've got my man, Fauzi, in the seat. I would let you do your own intros today. So, Thank you. Yeah. That's a very nice change. Great. <laughs> pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. Nice to have you, man. So where do we start this conversation from? Yoma, do you, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us everything about you, who you are, and let's kind of take the conversation from there. Sure. Uh, my name is Yoma Kuko. Um, Entrepreneur, investor, author, you, you name it really. Uh, I've been running uh, three dropshipping stores now for the last three years. Uh, on top of that, I use most of the money that I, I, I make from these stores and invest them in the public market. So whether it be startup companies, publicly traded companies as well, bonds and etc. Uh, is where I'm at really with it now. That's my main focus for the next five to ten years. Nice. Long-term investing. Sick. Yeah. So you're rich? No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not rich. I'm all right. I'm all right. What's your net worth, Yoma? <laughs> I can't discuss it. <laughs> the guy's careful. It. The guy's <laughs> careful. <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to tax people to, you know. Nice. Ask too many questions. <laughs> sure thing. Yeah. Fazi, what's up, bro? Hi, my name is Fazi. <laughs> what? And I'm a software engineer. Yeah. That's Simple. my introduction. He's, right. These rich software engineers are getting paid money. Should I tell them who you really are? What do you mean? Um, my name is Fauzi and I'm a software engineer. And a nerd. Yeah. Uh, Fauzi is, is very interested in the things of science. He hates it when I say it, but I, I think it's a good thing. I it's don't know why you keep running thing. away from it. I'll keep saying it until we end this whole Execute Now podcast thing. Okay. So just take it. You know, All right. Own it. My name is Fauzi. I'm a software engineer and a nerd. Solid. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Anyway, so look, the, what, what we want to talk about today is multifaceted. We put it on Instagram for people to like tell us what they want to hear. I don't think we can do justice to the whole thing today, right? Like money has so many elements that I think we could explore. so much. However, I think there are some key things that we need to address. We, we need to address it from a point of view as day-to-day -day individuals, as minorities, but also as young people growing up, right? And that information is what I think some people have that we don't, and that could help transform people's lives and help us go execute more. Disclaimer, anything we say on this podcast is not in any way financial advice. So please do not hold us to it. We are just a bunch of guys here to share our thoughts, to help you execute. All right. So with that out of the way, where do we want to start really? Because for me, the way my bank account is set up right now, I've got thousand questions but Fazi, you you wanted to go with some angle and start off well yeah kind more. of off camera we're having a conversation about where you started um and i just wanted us to like dial things back and start from the very beginning like yeah how did you get into this we we talked about multiple streams of income you having a nine-to-five job eventually quitting that to concentrate more on your business so how did you how did you start out did you start out with side businesses did you start out with a nine-to-five job can, can we just start from from there yeah sure so like the way i started up basically is i started with side hustles right while i was working my nine-to-five job in in compliance it was a good paying job but i i always knew that i wanted more in life kind of thing you know i always knew that 
this could not be my final chapter. Right. I need to do more in life. And like I, I looked at the things that I was really passionate about. And investing is something I've always been passionate about. Like all my role models, all the people I look up to kind of thing are investors in a way. Like even my favorite rapper, for example, Jay-Z, he's an investor. My favorite businessman, Warren Buffett, is an investor. So like I looked at I looked at these people and I said to myself, okay, what can I take from these guys? And what can I how can I implement that into my own life? And that's when I decided to obviously use a lot of the dropshipping money that I would make from my side hustle business and invest into the market. So whether it be like private companies like startups and stuff like that, or it'd be publicly traded companies as well, or it'd be funds, I would just take that money out and I would I would set myself a five to ten years um kind of strategy and i started this uh when i was 24 that's when i started properly i'm, I'm 30 now so i'm six years in and i've seen some good returns so like it's proof that it's working so like i'm just gonna stick with it basically yeah so when you when you first started out right uh, with whether with your nine to five job or like your side hustles how were you because we, we spoke about this off camera you said you had built up like a buffer so you felt comfortable quitting mm. your job in order to, to focus on, on your side hustles. How did you go about build, building that buffer? I, I don't know if you've read stuff like this on the internet, but many people have different advice that they give. Like you should, you should save at least 10% of your income. You yeah. should save at least 20%. How did, you, how did you go about that? How did you go about building that buffer? So like my, my strategy is a bit different. Like I go by the strategy of investing 80% of what I make. What? 80%? 80% of what I make. Hold up, hold up. 80%. 80%. <laughs> How do you pay your rent? So like, it formulated by, initially, like I, I bought a house uh, when I was 25, I think. Okay. And I rented that out straight away. I rented it out straight away. You didn't live in it? Didn't live in it. Okay. So that became another income stream. Okay. And I've done this throughout my, my life with anything I kind of get into. I kind of sacrifice the good things. So like, for a long time, I didn't have a car. All, all those things, even though I could afford to buy these things, I, I just didn't do it. Like, I'd rather invest my money. And as I invested my money, mm. my overall income would also increase. My net worth will increase as well with that. And I eventually got to a position uh, two years ago, sorry, last year, where I was able to sell half of my stake in a company. And I was able to take a good return of money from that. It was a startup. I, I can't name the... Yeah. particular company but it's a very it's the fastest growing bank in the UK ah. <laughs> I, I got into it earlier yeah. uh, a yeah. lot of people know that uh, I've been quite vocal with it on Instagram yeah. and stuff like that so like yeah I got into that bank early uh, when it was very small I sold a bit of it when it hit like 1.5 million customers uh, so like that things like that have just given me like uh, money basically so like mm. Whereas most people would rely on income as a form of income, only salary as a form of income, I have like capital gains and all that stuff there, plus my income, plus my revenue from my dropshipping business as well. So like right. I kind of created like a big snowball mm. that kind of allowed me to get capital and deploy into different positions. And that's basically the circle that I've, I've stuck to for, yeah, for, for the last five to six years. And, and it's working. Um, 
Uh, and yeah, it's gonna stick doing it. It's just gonna keep doing it, I suppose. Yeah. Shall we draw it back to I think Fazi's question, right? Let's say you only have your nine to five job, yeah. and then you start a side hustle, which we'll get into later. Because I I really want to know even if we should. It's a must to have side hustles, right? Yeah. Yeah, we will. We'll get there. <laughs> it's debatable. Yeah. It's debatable. It, it depends on the person, I suppose. Yeah. So you you started doing this at twenty four, yeah. right? Prime of your life, right? How are you combining all these monies coming to you and saying no? I'm actually going to eat shit for a while. Put the money in. How much are you putting in? How are you like tracking those funds? How are you doing the allocations? High level. How are, anyone in your shoes? How are they supposed to kind of manage? So I, so I I'm I'm a, I'm a bit I'm a bit of a strange one. So like I have a I have a net worth sheet where I list out all my assets. I list out all my liabilities. A physical sheet. Like an Excel sheet. Okay. I have, assets liabilities so like i i update this on a monthly basis right to kind of track whether my net worth is growing or going down and like i'll adjust accordingly okay so like if it's going up i have no problems but like there's going to be months where it's going to go down obviously like i remember there's a time facebook had this data scandal mm. and because a lot of my public money is in facebook literally my holdings in facebook went down by 20 percent in that day because of this data leaks and all that stuff there and i had to sit tight for that month yeah because i i just physically saw like a lot of money just going Drop, down yeah yeah like and i was like man and i just readjusted myself by obviously dialing that dialing back on my expenses uh living humble i still think i still think i live very humble like i try to always live way below my means that, mm. that's that's my one um key i say like i got this from warren buffett anyways so it's not really mine yeah. <laughs> but yeah live below your means if you live below your means you can achieve anything mm. you can achieve anything absolutely anything easier said than done though because i was not it depends on it, I, 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 people love saying that but like it depends on what do you really want in life yeah what do you want in life you money. can ask yourself what do you want in life what lots do you want in money. life lots of money okay have you studied some of the just most successful people that have a lot of money mm. they all have all of them made sacrifices for example Bill Gates he got married when he was 30, 37 a lot of people don't know these things. He got married when he was 37. During his uh, 20s, he didn't take one holiday. Mm. He didn't take one holiday in his 20s. He didn't take one holiday. He was just focusing on Microsoft. You know what I mean? A lot of people are not willing to make those sacrifices. Right. So how are you going to get the results if you're not willing to make sacrifices like that? But yo, so life is hard, you know. Let's say you let's say you work you work in banking, right? Yeah, work in banking. You bag your fifteen hours, eighteen hours a day. Yeah. At least once in a year you wanna treat yourself. You wanna go on a holiday, you wanna, you know, live your best life as you'd put it. So at what point do you draw the line of like how long can you eat shit for before you begin to actually go hard? So you should you should live life when something substantial happens to you like you get a, like, you, like a bit like working in banking you get a bonus mm. that's the time for you to say you know what let me enjoy myself let me let me let me go a little vacation or whatever yeah those are the moments you do that once you once you've achieved something but you don't just celebrate if you haven't achieved anything yeah true 
that's that's the wrong mindset and i think with instagram and stuff like that people are kind of feeling the need to do that they're feeling pressured to kind of live in the best life every month so like people take out loans to go on holidays and i'm like really is that a thing yeah some, some people do that some people go loans on credit cards yeah people people yeah i know someone who has a yeah. vacation credit card yeah people so basically has like two cards. five grand on it uses yeah. it for holidays and yeah. then pays it back yeah people do that and i'm like no wonder you're you're in this bubble if you're doing things like that right so uh, okay i find that I, i'm just a little stressed by what i just heard <laughs> um, so if someone finds themselves in a position where because we we're talking about money right if yeah. someone finds themselves in a position where one either they feel the need to live their best life so they're taking out a loan in order to do that and basically crippling themselves financially or let's just say they're already in that situation like how how does that person even begin to move themselves from that situation because that's not a good situation to be in so how what is there anything that you can say or like even is there anything that you can say to those people like how do you get yourself from borrowing money and paying interest on that borrowed money (laughs) to go on vacation how do you get that person from that situation to the point where they actually realize you know what this isn't something i want to invest my money in they need to number one change the circle because i'm sure within their circle they're not the only ones doing that right like if if you if 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 i go to you and i say look let's go on holiday and i and and you say i don't have the money then i say oh why don't you just use your credit card Mm. what kind of influence is that or i'll pay for you and you can pay me back yeah right you don't borrow money for like things like holiday if you are going to borrow money you're going to you need to borrow money like in order to make more money so for example buying a house to renting it out to rent it out whatever that's a that's that's good debt you see what i'm saying that's that you're earning money on your borrowed money that's all right if you can if you're in a position to stay away from that you should obviously but Sometimes you might need to expedite processes and external capital in the borrowed format can help you to do that. But apart from that, don't borrow money. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's silly. So you, t- you touched on something quite interesting there. You mentioned good debt, good debt right? Yeah. How do you tell good debt from bad debt? Very simple. Um, for example, my mortgage, I pay, I think I pay like, I think it's two percent interest or something. Okay. Something, something, something like that. Two percent fixed <laughs> variable interest. Uh, yeah, not fixed interest. Sorry, it, it's going to go up to variable interest in the next year, I believe. But even with that, it's going to be like three point nine to six percent or something. Okay. I mean, I'm like the return of the asset itself is going to be around ten percent, anyways. Right, minimum. right. So like, just do the maths. Like you know, <laughs> that's, that's plus seven yeah. percent or something. Yeah. That's good debt. <laughs> That's good okay. debt, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's good debt, yeah. Right. So I get the sense good debt is debt that the interest that you're earning on the on the on the um asset you've purchased with this debt far outweighs whatever the interest is that you're paying on the debt itself. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. But is that even something you should consider as the first shot, like getting into debt, regardless of what the returns are gonna be? Because <laughs> some people just get looped in this 
habit of just getting debt to finance you know if you haven't got financial education you have no business getting into debt if you understand how the financial system works and you're somewhat literate you can kind of make a rational decision based on that Mm. but if you don't understand any of these things it's 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 not advisable to look into debt because for most people their balance sheet when they, when they look at their balance sheets, their debts will be something like a car or like, you know, just yeah. computer, like things that, that depreciate in value. Like, right. To, to me, that doesn't make sense. I, I'm the opposite. Right. Like my, all my debt that I've got are things that are making money. Like things that are increasing in value. That's, that's the sort of, that's the only sort of debt I would ever get into apart from my student loan, which isn't that bad because I'm paying um, paying very little on it basically it's a very low it's a very low level debt and you only pay it back once you earn money mm. so to me that's not a bad debt right it, you're, you're not pressured to paying it straight away so like anything like that is also not too bad if you see where I'm coming from right uh, can sure. I just can I steer this conversation a little in, in one direction so how does someone how does someone get from because because you mentioned people being financially literate how does someone get from i'm not financially literate i don't understand the different investment vehicles all i know is that i work a nine to five i make a steady income every month right how do you get from there to understanding these are what my assets are these are what my liabilities are to actually understanding what a bond is investing in invest uh, uh, index funds and doing all how do you go from zero to understanding what even is compounding like how do i even yeah. what yeah. even is investment yeah you know i'll be honest with you i don't think most people will ever get there right because like for me like when i look at like, like when, when, when you talk to me about business investments i get excited like i like I get excited, man. Like, I, it really rushes my blood. Like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I love it. Right. <laughs> so, like, for me, it's easy to kind of, in my spare time, research uh, research businesses, look at the balance sheets, look at the financial statements. I actually yeah. enjoy doing that kind of thing. So, I'm able to pick out the good businesses from the bad businesses quite easy. I Sometimes I even just look at Wikipedia to look at, like, the revenue, profits, and stuff like that. And it's very easy for me to understand that because I've got interest. But a lot of people don't actually have the interest in doing those things. So like, if you if you don't have the interest in like looking at the business from the financial standpoint of view, why on earth should you expect to have good results when you invest your money? So the reality of the question is that most people are not going to be able to do it. So like, in this case, we talked about this earlier, I, I, I would recommend something like a S&P 500. It's an index fund that since the 1920s has grown on average by 10%. I'm not saying your money is guaranteed safe, but history would suggest that it's pretty safe. You know, it's survived countless number of world wars. Yeah. The Great Depression, mm-hmm. the Great Financial Recession, and etc. So like, you can rest assured that like, you know, if you hold it long enough, you'll make some money on that. You know, and I think that's the kind of steps someone should kind of look into going beyond the savings account right and if they kind of 
find that interesting and want to go further with that, then explore different avenues. But until you can actually get past that hurdle, I don't think anyone should really get into this because it's it's going to be days for, like I said earlier, that you watch your holdings go down by 20%. Yeah. Not a lot of people can deal with that. Like, for me, that's not a problem because, I mean, I've done my research. I've looked at history. Things like this happens. Yeah. I've got the financial temperament to kind of deal with that uh, situation. Not a lot of people can. Like, people, a lot of people start panicking. Oh, I need to sell. I need to sell. And if, if you feel that, then you shouldn't. You're not You're not mentally fit of, yeah. to hold a stock if you can't deal with those circumstances. But wouldn't, wouldn't you say that goes back to the question of being financially literate? Because if you understand... If you understand money and you understand markets, yeah. right? You know yourself. You know yourself more than anyone. You know um, this is my risk appetite. Yeah. Right? You know there are institutions out there that will take your money and then like they will try and do something with it for you. Right. 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 But if you don't even understand what you, you don't understand like time value of money you don't really understand money yeah then if you see a one percent sorry not one percent one pound drop, drop yeah in your in the value of your your money then you're gonna be like oh my goodness like what's happening but if you understand that that's just how the markets are because you understand money then you're more likely to kind of like wait things out right wouldn't you say it's all that fear and all that insecurity kind of goes back to people not understanding money you're right and it's slightly wrong because mm-hmm. people a lot of people know these things right but like when they actually f- physically and mentally in that position where that actually happens to them their behavior changes <laughs> it's a bit it's okay. a bit like it's a bit like uh it's a bit like we'll i'm sure we'll i tried forex before oh yeah yeah you, on a demo account you make a bit of money like yeah okay i'm good you lose a bit of money <laughs> oh, not too bad it's not real money yeah but when you actually try the real thing you feel totally different and that's just that's i guess how a lot of people are going to feel in general even mm. though they have the the knowledge the financial literacy about it uh so it comes back again to that just that mental uh mental financial temperament that i was yeah. talking about warren buffett speaks about, speaks a lot about this like being able to withstand bad days mm. being able to withstand bad days and still having like the the capacity to invest, even though it's a down market. So like I remember during the 2008 financial crisis, everyone was panicking, right. except from Warren Buffett. You know, he, he went and invested, I think it was $5 billion in Goldman Sachs at that time. Everyone was like, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy. Within two years, that money quadrupled. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, it goes back into it. Like again, you know, you should you should be fearful when people are greedy and be greedy when people are fearful. Interesting. That's, that's reality. Right. As long as you know the history of the game, history is really important. So like, if you know that something like the Dow Jones started on, it started on zero. We are now in 2019 and it's at 25,000 something. Yeah. So like, regardless of the wars or the crisis or whatever, it's always gone up over time. Okay. Always gone up over time. If you have that mindset, if you apply that mindset to investments, you'll be fine. But again, not a lot of people are able <laughs> to kind of deal with the consequences yeah. when you're involved in it. Yeah. And that's where people go wrong. So like, 
I I very rarely sell, and if I do sell, it's to because I need the capital to put somewhere else in the market. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Right. Um, one of the things I I wanted us to talk about is securing the bag. Right. Big topic for everyone, especially young people. We we all want to secure the bag, but how do we even secure the bag? So let's let's play a scenario of young dude me starts a job straight out of school. For example, whether it's a corporate job, whether it's a, it's a side hustle, whatever. If I begin to make an income on a monthly basis or on a bi-weekly basis, what are the things I need to think about income-wise, expenditure-wise? How do I track how much my outgoing services, my incomings? Are there any kind of tips or tricks, both of your views in your personal lives that are helpful? Or what mistakes have you made in the past that now you wish or you knew about and didn't make those same moves? Um, mistakes. After, well, I'm not gonna talk about it. Yet, but, <laughs> but in terms of managing money, there's there's so many good apps now that you can use to actually manage your money. So like all my banking, for example, now right. is through Monzo. Like they have this um, insight of your money, so it tells you how much you spend on grocery, it tells you how much you spend on rent, mortgage, whatever, right. bills. It, Everything is planned out for you, so that's the that's the app I use. So I know exactly how much I'm spending each month on X amount of things. Okay, I have that, and I also have my Excel sheet just as a manual backup as well. So like, if I if if I feel like I'm spending too much money, I'll look at my expenses and I'll say, you know what, do I really need this? Nah, cross it out. Should I should I really be um, subscribing to this? membership or it be netflix or whatever right okay i've got x amount of surplus based on my analysis I'm, i can afford to do that so like that's basically how one should manage money i mean that's right. how you should have control over your money so you advise that people actually physically track the ins and outs it's, it's good to use technology but you should also physically track it for yourself as well mm, mm. because you know sometimes technology goes wrong you know you never know yeah it's always good to have that that, that physical backup as well to, True. To, 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 to be safe. I mean, for, for those outside of the UK who will not have access to like Monzo and stuff, there's an app on the App Store called Money Management. Literally, that's the name. And you can do the same thing like Monzo do. The only thing is you have to manually enter it. So my guy who runs AFD TikTok, Kwamina uses the same thing. Right. If he buys food, he just logs it straight away. Buy food or buy water or whatever. And at the end of the month, it begins to like understand your habits. And yeah. then from there with that data, it can tell you what your projected spendings are, what your income is, and then you, you can have something solid to, to go by. So for those who want to try using like a strategic way of tracking your money, feel free to check that out. It's, um, it's pretty helpful. So you, so you do all your incomes and your outs, right? That could include what? Rents, bills, Partying, mortgages. Part, partying is. Uh, <laughs> I, I only party if there's a if it's a surplus. I, I don't really okay. go partying like that anymore. Like you know, I, I used to do that in my early twenties, mid twenties, whatever. But now I'm. You're gonna over, over I'm it. I'm over it, man. You know, yeah. it's just the same stuff again. You know, it's like whatever. Yes, yeah, just, just a waste of money. And like once you actually understand how much you've wasted in the club, you're like, true. Really, I wasted that much. <laughs> You were speaking earlier about regrets. Mm. That's one of the regrets I have. The amount of money I've wasted in nightclubs. Nice. Wasted in nightclubs. Average. One night. Tell me how much your mouth would blow in a club. It depends. Like, 
now now I now if I go out it's like we're only to spend more than 35 oh yeah I give it yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but like, I remember this when I was in Dubai like I, this, I went crazy one time I was drunk and I <laughs> yeah <laughs> that sounds like a deep dick in your pocket which you don't want to yeah. talk about yeah yeah I mean yeah I don't want to that that things of that are mistakes. Right. Now. You Mistake. can you can calculate how much he spends by how long. Long. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, mm, yeah. <sighs> really long. That's like a grind. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mistake, man. And, uh, and, I, and obviously, like I wish I could kind of go back. back. Yeah. And, you know, use that money in better places. But you know, you live and learn. At least because of my money management strategies and tracking expenses, I actually knew. That this was this this cannot go on. This is crazy. Mm. And I stopped it. But like you will not actually understand that until you actually physically analyze your expenses. So like if you don't do that, you're gonna keep on doing it. Eventually, you're gonna run out of money. And then yeah, exactly. That's the end of it. <laughs> so let's say so now you know your ends, your outs, and you have your surplus. When you started, like career wise, did you have surpluses from like day one, or were you doing paycheck to paycheck? Sixty one percent of millennials, as of twenty nineteen, live hand to mouth. Wow. Money in, money out. Did so you I, did you have a surplus? I I I was very I was I was it was something I was very good with because I understood that there's something called a zip, self invested personal pension. So like every month I'll put money into this thing, and right. the, and the good thing with this is that it gives you the government will give you twenty percent on top of it. So if you put down, let's just say five hundred uh, a month, mm. the government will. We'll give you some money on top, twenty percent on top. So like I, I, I figured these things out earlier. So like, in my head, that became an expense to me. Right. So even if I ran out of money, I knew that I wasn't really running out of money because my money was five hundred pounds. My money was going towards good use. Okay. So like, I would always start on off minus five hundred whenever I got my paycheck, right. and I kind of learned how to live within that. That 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 the the that was left of my salary kind yeah. of thing, and then yeah, that's how I kind of managed like how, how I managed things, and I I only improved my lifestyle yeah. if I made more money. That's that was my rule to improve my lifestyle. I have to make money. Right. I can't just I can't just say I want to live a better lifestyle because I see someone on Instagram doing that. That's stupid. It has to be because something good happens to me, and that's. How I've gone about these things. Okay. So part of your expenditures were savings, investments, pensions. Straight away. Straight away. Mm. Straight away. Straight away. I've actually never thought of it like that. Straight away. For me, my expenses are rent, bills, rent. transport card, feeding, stuff like that. Rent, regardless, everyone has to take care of that. Yeah. But once you get that out of the, uh, out of the way, there's, there's things that you can also spend your money on to mm. like reduce the chances of you uh, spending money on other things. So for instance, if I've already taken care of investments and I know that I'm, I'm going to be tight on money and people ask me, do you want to go out or do you want to do this? Do you I don't have the money to do it, even though I've invested some more money already. Right. It's a psychological effect you're putting on your brain. Mm. I kind of read that in your book as well. Is to consider your investment as as, as a bill, as, as a bill. Yeah, and then that way it's just part of your. It's a part of you. It's part but of your 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 you're growing your net worth. You're growing your money at the same time. Mm. If you can program that in from an early age, I wish I had this program from like when I was young because I mean, <sighs> could have been 
really wealthy. <laughs> in your book, you, you speak about knowing your net worth. Very important. And I, Very important. Let's let's talk about it, but let's tie it back into you now having your surplus and like knowing what to do with it. If, if you want to be rich, you have to worry about your net worth because that is your, it's, it's like your CV. You know, it's like your mm, CV. Mm, mm. Oh, okay, you got a bit of money. But like if you if 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 you're in like minus this or you have zero, you're not gonna be rich. And if you're not doing anything to address that problem, you're never gonna get yourself out of current circumstances. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So like it 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 it's your CV gives you a financial picture of where you are currently. And again, back to the CV bit, you always want to improve your CV, right? You always want to add new skills. You always want to add new experiences, whatever. And that's the same thing with. And knowing your net worth so right. you always want to add more assets and reduce liabilities and you can do it it's it's, it's realistic for people to do it as long as they have a patient approach to it if, i mean if you believe that you're gonna mystically get to one million next year yeah because you know, you know you've you've got this divine message or whatever it's not gonna happen right. it's, it's better to one of my one of my mentors um uh, said that it's not about getting rich quick it's about getting rich for sure mm. get rich for sure <laughs> don't get rich quick yeah because if you try to get rich quick you it's more more slightly going to be a gamble right it's most likely going to be a gamble something that happened by luck but if you get rich for sure you take your time it's actually a strategic way of getting rich right so like Warren Buffett always said that when he was eight that he knew he was going to be rich he always knew he was going to be rich you know what I mean? That's so that's a strategic movement that has led him to where he is now. And that's the way you should approach your money as well. Okay. So like don't try to eliminate debt like straight away. Just try to have a strategic approach to it. So there is is possible to pay off debt while investing, for example. But you just gotta find the perfect balance. Mm. And once you get that that perfect balance where you have like your, your finance is organized on a monthly basis. You know exactly how much your net worth is going up by. Or if you have a bad month where it's going down, yeah. you can kind of you can kind of plan better with this. And, and it comes back again to the Excel sheet and the money management apps you were talking about, the likes of Monzo as well. These things will really help people right. to get there. For for a young for a youngster starting off, what what would assets look like? So let's say I I, I wanted Good to question. like build out my net worth sheet right now. Good what question. what would I put on my net worth sheet as my assets? So the reality is most people probably not start with anything. Start, yeah. Uh, but there is like there is now like with the way technology is, mm. especially fintech, there is ways for you to invest in an affordable way. So there's apps that allow you to buy stocks, for example, uh, commission-free. Okay. Things like that. So like every month, for instance, I don't know, your surplus might be 100. Yeah. Why don't you try to put that into an S&P 500 every month okay. for a year? See how that goes. At the end of the year, you will have at least 1,000 plus as a net worth. It's not a lot of money, but you will then understand the concept of how important compounding can be. And then if you feel comfortable with that, you will then say, okay, let me increase my investment into the S&P 500, for example. I'll, I'll, put, I'll, I'll put 300 now into it. Right. Gradually, 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 gradually. 
at the end of the year, you will be you you probably have like five thousand, and mm-hmm. you're just two years into the game. Right. Obviously, you get a better job where you get increased salary or whatever. You might up it to five hundred. Mm-hmm. And the year three, you have plus ten thousand. Right. And it's not a great deal of money, but a lot of people don't even have that. Yeah. In their bank account, you know, a lot of people don't even have that. Mm. But you've managed to do that uh, within three years, at the fairly young age, and with that already, the likelihood of you then wanting to be more interested about financial literacy and financial education is going to be high. So you're going to study other opportunities. How can I even make more money? Right. And that's when you might feel like the risk threshold is ready for something like a startup company, for example. Yeah. So let me just invest. Let's just say I wanted to invest like, I don't know, 500 pounds to Revolut when he was racing at 60 million. That company within two years ended up being worth 3 billion. You've, you've literally made like, I don't know, like 50,000 of one investment. Yeah. That's how you go about building net worth in an affordable way uh, with reduced risk as as much reduced risk as possible. And that becomes your asset. That, Those that's, things that's, become that's your assets. assets. That's assets. Okay. So, so you've yeah. basically added like substantial net worth in the space of, I don't know, five years, all mm. in all, that's okay, five, six years, all in all. Yeah. And that's your assets there. And that's how you start. And obviously, as, as you get more financial literature, financial education, more opportunities will come along. But it's all about getting started. Right. People have this fancy that they have to start big. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to start big? Why do you need to start big? Good question. <laughs> you need to start big. Like some of the greatest companies that we know of today started off like little blocks. Yeah. Apple was started in a garage. Microsoft was started in a in a in a school classroom. But they're both like in excess of eight hundred billion dollar companies mm. in terms of valuation. I think this thing about starting big, probably unrelated, but I was reading this thing called the present bias, where as humans, because evolutionary, we're not built for long-term decision-making. We're built for survival now. Yeah. yeah. And so that's where terms like YOLO and stuff come from, where in the moment, even though you know what the future returns are going to be or the future results are going to be, you just ca- you, you just cancel that out. You prioritize the present. And you, and you prioritize the present, which is why people get stuck in this loop of not being able to make those long-term decisions because now if I put even 100 in, oh, it's going to take me three years to get to X amount. That's money I could probably make in a month. Why do I have to keep saving for three years? Let me spend it now, you know? So I, I think You're that's a... Right. That's a bit, and we're talking off camera. It's more in millennials than in the other generations where we're like very yep. now, also because of like social media and all the things that come with yep. it. So it really doesn't help. It doesn't help. So for you to be able to cross that line, you have to like physically override that mentality and yep. be disciplined and say, you know what, I'm going to cut out stuff and I'm going to like just stay the road for the next five years. It's a sacrifice. Yeah. It's, and like whenever you look at anyone great, whether it be a great athlete or great musician or great business whatever they've done so they've taken so many sacrifices mm. look at someone like Beyonce I think I read the story about her not really having a childhood you know like because she was always working on her music, music yeah and that stuff there so like if you want success I mean you have to give away something has to give away you can't 
expect to get great results and live the same life as everybody else. Mm. It just doesn't work that way. There has to be sacrifice. Look at Ronaldo, look at the likes of Messi, all these people there. They don't even, they've never had a taste of alcohol, most of them. Right. Yeah, like it's a sacrifice, you know? Mm. It's a sacrifice, you know? Like, it, 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 it's the same thing with making money. There has to be a sacrifice. There has to be a giveaway. It doesn't magically happen. It doesn't magically happen. Yeah. It has to be a strategic way of getting there. Like, it goes back again to the story of Warren Buffett saying to himself, I know I'm going to be rich. I know. I, he was so confident. I know I'm going to be rich one day. I know I'm going to be rich one day. Yeah. I know, like, it will take me a bit of time, but I'm going to get there for sure. It's definitely going to happen. And it's because he made these strategic sacrifices as well. You know, he would always live way below his means. Even now, he's like the fourth or third richest yeah. man in the world. Mm-hmm. He still drives a Cadillac. He still lives in the same house he bought in the 1950s or 60s. I don't know which year. So it's <laughs> certainly like 50 years ago. That's a bit extreme for, for him though. I mean, at some point, you just got to start living life, no? That is extreme. I get that. That's extreme. But like, I'm, I'm talking about the... Because um, his life is investment. That's yeah. his life. That's yeah. what he enjoys yeah. doing. He, he lives in joy. Yeah. So he he was able to obviously make those sacrifices a lot easier than most people. But regardless of whether you uh, in that position or not, you're gonna have to make some sacrifices mm-hmm. if you really want you know, financial financial freedom or whatever. And you're gonna have to understand that it's gonna take time. It's I mean. It's going to take time. Like, there's a saying that, you know, you can't have a baby in one month by, even though you make nine women pregnant. <laughs> you know, like... Good it, math. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you, I mean, some things just take time. Yeah. And creating wealth takes time. It's just one of those things. Don't get sucked into, like, Bitcoin and all that... Yeah. All that stuff there, because... We should talk about that. We should probably talk we, about we, we should talk about that, but before we do, maybe this will lead up into it. You both mentioned something while you were talking. You spoke about compounding. Yeah. What is it? Like, what is that? Because well, it also ties back into the time thing and waiting your yeah. time. So, yeah, what, what's compounding? It's the ninth wonder of the world. Right. Albert Einstein talked about this. Like, he talked about this, that, <laughs> that he, he didn't know how it worked properly, but he just knew that if you if you focus on compound interesting like over a long period of time you're gonna get substantial results you mm. probably be able to explain this a bit more <laughs> nerd don't believe everything he tells you. <laughs> <laughs> compounding that goes back to what you were saying right mm. it's basically sacrificing um at least for me the way i see it is basically sacrificing gain right now for the potential of much greater gain in in the future future. and the whole idea of it is it's exponential right so if you're getting two in one year the next month you're getting like two to the second power maybe the third month you're getting two to the third power that's kind of how it increases so it's not linear but it's it's exponential right so the longer you wait the more more money you make right but it's it's all about the patience and being able to sacrifice pleasure right now yep. for exponential pleasure in the future yeah yeah literally, yeah. literally. hardest bit and then comes bitcoin which 
promise well actually bitcoin and all these fx guys on instagram i i hate them i <laughs> I, I said this in the other podcast i i don't know. they they come and say you put a grand in now you're gonna make x amount all these guys who have instagram promo videos showing how they right. now fly jets and like lamborghinis and stuff but it's actually working for some people you know this bitcoin thing some people are actually making bags of it and then going back to this whole format that you have they get the money from them they put it back into proper investing and it kind of works so is it like something no one should go close to like what is what is the deal with like bitcoin and all these other currencies so like it is the most important thing is for you to understand the difference hmm. bitcoin is like buying cryptocurrency trading forex it's not investing it's speculating right as long as you can identify that it's not investing and you understand that it's speculating and investing is buying real estate buying stocks investing in companies and whatnot as long as you can understand the separation of the two you, you can do that stuff but if you if you start to think that me buying a cryptocurrency is investing you're crazy because the only way you can actually make money of the cryptocurrency is by you selling it to someone else mm-hmm. the actual cryptocurrency doesn't generate any income it doesn't generate any revenue doesn't generate anything it doesn't do anything for you right the only way you can make money of it is if you come and tell me hey i want to buy it off you for 20 after i bought it uh, after i bought, uh, bought it for 10 pounds for example yeah that's the only way i can make money off that that's not an investment an investment is you putting money into something and you would hope that the asset that you're investing into will generate the revenue so like for example when i invested into facebook in the, in the 2012 ipo at 38 dollars a share the company was generating less than 10 billion revenue right on an annual basis now it's generating around 60 billion so i know that my money has gone up right it's it's evident that it's gone up yeah yeah yeah. because the business itself has improved so that's an investment but with cryptocurrency bitcoin there's no evidence that that bitcoin has what is it like what is it because even now (laughs) you like you can go online and create your own crypto yeah you could just name it whatever and as far as you have one or two buyers and sellers it's game on right what is that (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> I like your expression towards Bitcoin. You're like, what is that? Yeah, it's like, if you sell it to me as a spec- speculative asset or yeah. a speculation, speculative move, I'll be like, yeah, sure. Feel free to do it. Mm. But don't sell it to me as an investment because it's not an investment. Same with Forex. It's not an investment. True. It's a speculation. Yes, people make a lot of money from it. But those people that make a lot of money from it have understood that it is a speculation. And I'm going to take that money and, like you said, put it into real estate, stocks, bonds, gold, wh- whatever you want. Yeah. But they've understood that formula. The people that don't understand the formula are usually the people that lose the most money in this FX or Bitcoin market. And they never understood why. It's because they haven't been able to identify the difference of the two. So should we rule out speculation for beginners or is it something you can combine 100% with? 100% rule it out. Oh, yeah? Hundred percent rule it out. Okay, so rule speculation out. No Bitcoin, no forex, right? What are the best ways to invest my money, right? So let's say I've done I've done my math and I have surpluses of say two hundred pounds a month or two hundred Ghana cities a month. What buy, to do? Buy an index fund. What is an index fund? 
it's an S&P 500, so you're buying the entire market instead of buying individual stocks. So the S&P 500, you're buying bits of Apple, you're buying bits of mm-hmm. this company, bits yeah. of that company. Like you buy an entire market versus buying one, yeah, right. instead of buying just one company. It's a reduced way of investing. Okay. In terms of risk, so a reduced risk way of investing. And statistically proven, like long term, yeah. like if you look at the history, it's gone up by an average of 10% since the 1920s. Okay. So you have a pretty strong understanding that it's like it's going to be there for the next 20 years, 30 mm-hmm. years, 40 mm-hmm. years because mm-hmm. of the history. Unless this whole entire financial capitalistic system falls down, which I don't think it will it's, because... Yeah, it's never going to happen. Um, so besides these index funds, right? If someone had some surplus at the end of the month, right? And they wanted to grow their money. How would you even like go about thinking about growing your money? How would you, how would you grow that money? Um, let's say it was you, right? Like how, how would you personally do it? Or if you've done it in the past, what, what kind of worked for you? How did you get started? Well, again, it's, I think I was in a different position because I was really, I was really curious about this because I was really interested about it. I was, I was fascinated by it uh, in a way. So it's very easy for me to get into this financing, uh, understanding finance, stocks, uh, business, uh, stocks, um, sorry, public, publicly traded companies, private companies, all that stuff there, bonds gold i understood it because it was it was interesting to me real estate as well peer-to-peer lending so like i understood all of these things but the reality is most people will not really bother to understand these things properly so like i wouldn't i wouldn't want to suggest them to jump into that straight away Mm -hmm. because then they're not going to understand it properly so let them Focus on the index funds for a while. Let them understand that bit. Understand that is a is a is a is a pack of companies in one. Mm-hmm. Once they understand that, then they can then dwell into looking into these companies individually by understanding their financial statements and all that stuff there. Once they find that interesting, it will be easier to talk to them about more investment opportunities, whether it be bonds, whether it be pay to pay lending, mm. or just gains through real estate on a on a buy to let level. That conversation can obviously happen then but like it's very important for them to get comfortable with the very basics first so so how does how does one go about building that understanding because even something like index funds right like someone uh, fine you have a conversation with someone you explain what an index fund is to them but there are there any resources i understand you were already interested in it so you already kind of knew where to go yeah but then how about someone who has absolutely no idea what to do do you have any resources people can look at like read <laughs> I, I, I explain most of these things in this book yeah like index funds all of it and like you don't need a lot of money to start these processes in general so i i've laid out in, in this do you want to just read out the title of the book so people... yeah sure <laughs> the everyday investor so like it's a, a book for like the everyday person like a lot of the problem with a lot of the books that are out there are targeted at people like me that have or people like you that have the you either have the financial literacy or financial education already but like there's no book like that it's actually dedicated to people that have zero clue about this broken it down and this book does that um, right. so far the feedback has been great um, fair enough 
Shall we bounce back to side hustles? Side yeah, hustles. I, I know this is like a big topic. There is a wave like amongst our peers and like our level where everyone is trying to start something. Everyone's trying to run a business on the side. Some for good reason, some for the money, right? Can you tell us how having a side hustle has helped you grow your net worth or be more financial, financially disciplined and kind of help you onto this journey of financial freedom? Is it one, a necessity? Do you need a side hustle to get there? And if it's not, is it helpful or is it a good to have? Like, what has it done for you? You know what? It, it depends on what you want it to be like. Mm. Like when I, when I started my, my side hustles, I always had the long-term vision that I want to run my own business. That was my goal. I didn't want to work for anyone else. Okay. That was my long-term goal. But if your, if your aim of a side hustle is just to make extra bit of money temporarily, and you don't really want to quit the quit your nine-to-five job. It might, it, you might not really need it. You might want to focus on your career instead, making sure that you get a higher paying job. Yeah. Get promotion or whatever. Instead of doing that, mm. that's the way I kind of look at it. Like, yeah, I mean, it that it has its benefits. It has its obviously uh, downsides as well. But like, I personally feel like if you're gonna get involved in business, when you're gonna form a company or whatever. That needs to eventually be your livelihood. Right. Otherwise it's never gonna work properly. Okay. okay. Otherwise you're gonna like keep on keep on getting to new side hustles every year. I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna try that, I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna try that. You eventually want these businesses to be your livelihood. That's the only way it's gonna work long term. Otherwise it's pointless, man. Nice. There's there's a lot of uh, I don't want to call it hate, but <laughs> there's a lot of stigma towards people who work in nine to five jobs and I see it especially on Twitter and I always find it quite funny and, and interesting because it, they usually try and uh, pit like people who are quote unquote entrepreneurs yeah. versus people who work nine to five jobs, right? Yeah. And I think that uh, comes back to what's like you mentioned this before, like what are you actually looking for these things to do, right? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I really like what you said there because if if your heart really isn't in the whole entrepreneurship or side hustle thing, yeah. you're better off putting your energy into getting a better pay for your current job, yeah. like investing in your career, yeah. like doing that type of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Fair enough. Hundred percent. Like, like, and let's be real. Like this. Like, if you're if you're the CEO of Goldman Sachs or the CEO of uh, uh, of, uh, of JP Morgan. It's, it's technically speaking a nine to five job. Yeah. But I guarantee you're bagging it. I guarantee you that yeah. nine to five job is paying more than most entrepreneurs could ever dream of. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. So it's all about what you want. Like yeah. if you really like there's some people like my mum, for example, she's a nurse, she loves it, she loves it. I'm not gonna try to bash her for that. She she loves her job. Like I'm not yeah. gonna try to bash her for that. Oh, you're not making money, this and that. She loves her job. She's at peace. She's healthy. I think that should be the focus, though. That should be the focus, yeah. right? Yeah. It should uh, be the focus. You need to enjoy what you're doing. I'm like, bro, if if your real job is going to give you the happiness and the money you need, stick with it. Stick with it. Like Stick with it. Even like something like, um, even you look at something like the, Google, the, the first 20, well, sorry, the, let's just say the first 50 employees of Google. Yeah. 
employees, nine to five people. Yeah, yeah. If you can put yourself into a position like that to like even work for a startup, I, that might be better than finding your own company. Life changing, yeah. It's a life changing yeah. opportunity. Because if it blows, you're in. If it blows, look at someone like Steve Ballmer. Like Steve Ballmer was an employee of Microsoft. He was not a founder, but he's a billionaire. And he's and he said that he had the opportunity once to either start his own business or work for Microsoft, and he's so glad that he chose to work for Microsoft. Yeah. And he obviously had a wicked time. He's enjoyed enjoyed himself, which is beyond the money. It all comes back to enjoying yourself at the True, end of the day. Yeah. The bag will follow afterwards. Yeah. yeah. You gotta enjoy what you're doing. Number one, and then don't even think too much. About Think too much about the money the money will come it will come it's all about you finding that sweet spot in your life that you actually enjoy doing you wake up you're like yeah i look forward to go to work today you know mm. so speaking about like securing the bag how do you maintain the bag how, how do you keep it going it comes back to living below your means mm. That's, i mean <laughs> it all comes back down to that again like just do your next amount of money live as if you earn like less than half of it yeah so that when you do happen to fall into like turbulent situations you've already built up a buffer that can last you while you struggle yeah. or while you're going through things and then once you get back into it you're the cycle starts again because you've already lived way below your means anyways mm -hmm. and that's how one should really be living you should never live like if if i for example earn a hundred thousand a year I shouldn't really live life like I'm earning a hundred thousand. If you see what I'm saying, because yeah. what happens if I, if I lose that income? Yeah. It's not easy to find another income stream that's going to earn me a hundred thousand every Straight year. Away, yeah. It's, it takes time. Mm -hmm. Like it probably took me time to get to that position, anyways. So why am I going to jeopardize it by living a extravagant lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. If you can't pay for it twice, don't buy it. I have five times. If I can't buy something five times, I don't buy it. Sick. That's interesting. If I don't, if I can't buy something five times, I don't even think about that. Is that everything or like some key stuff? It depends. Like if it's if it's like a house, for example, mm. that's fine. Like I'll you do a one time purchase, yeah. yeah. But like if it's something like a car, if I can't afford to buy that car five times, I don't even think about. It. If I can't afford to buy that watch five times, I don't even think about it. Just, just things like that. I I won't even think about it. I mm. don't even. Like it's psychologically programmed in my head now. So like yeah. even all my clothes now, all my clothes are from ASOS. I can afford to buy Gucci this. I can afford all that. I'm not judging anyone for wearing that shit. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't do that. But like for me personally, yeah, I have the rule that I need to be able to buy it five times over. I need to be comfortable doing it. And. It's just psychologically in my head now. Like this is, I've I've lived like this for for years now. So like it's just become normal to me, and I won't even I won't break that. I won't break that code. No. Do you know anyone who you know how programmed you are? Yeah. Right. In terms of mindset and knowing what to stick to and staying disciplined with it. Have you ever tried to help someone who is not like that get to that point? And what exactly did you do or did they do to get to this? Because a lot of people who might be listening or watching this is. It will not be more of the knowledge, it will be more the mindset. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. Uh, I mean, I, I do every now and then, like, every now and then people, they, they, 
I every now and then I meet people to talk about these things, but like it's not always that I connect with them mm. because it's it is it's more like you said it's like a mindset. Like you have to, you have to have the you, you really it, this really needs to be you. And not everyone is like this, which is one thing I've understood as well. Mm. That's why I don't really go into judging people for liking different things from me because I know that obviously I don't do that. I don't like that. Yeah. But they might not necessarily like what I'm doing. So like everyone is different. Everyone gets happy in a different way. Yeah. And that's, that. I mean, that's where you got to start. What's going to make you happy? Some people actually get happy like by splurging the entire salary on, mm-hmm. on something nice at the end of the month. If that makes you really happy, do even it. though I wouldn't do it, do it. Mm. Do it. Like, yeah, <laughs> do it. But I, I wouldn't do it like myself, obviously. But if if that's what makes you happy, go ahead and do it. Within reason, obviously. With, within reason, yeah. obviously. Like, you, obviously, you're not going to borrow money to. <laughs> I mean, if, if. That really stressed me out. Like, yeah. borrowing money to go on vacation. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's normal. Did you? Yeah. I think at this point we should probably re-emphasize the fact that if anyone is in that type of situation or you find yourself having to live beyond your means just to be accepted in your circle then you probably need, need to reevaluate yeah, yeah. yeah. circle because 100% yeah yeah 100% change that circle if that if if you're in that position right now change that circle ASAP you need to roll with people who have the mindset of the you future do. Dude. If you're rolling with a squad, which is all now, 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 you're in the wrong spot. Yeah. You might make the money now, but when you're 40, those guys will not be there with you. Like you will not be there with yourself even because you are too broke for yourself, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think your clique is very important. So people say like, oh, that's, that's my day one. But if your day one is not taking you to day 100, you might, I'm sorry, you're gonna have but to change it. drop him. You're gonna drop have to change her, it. You know? You're going to have to change it. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't mean that you no longer friends it just means that you won't necessarily be around each other as much yeah. you know what I mean? yeah. it's a necessary change like everyone have had to go through this yeah so uh we're just about wrapping up um, and we wanted to know what are the top three top one top two things that you want people to take away from this this conversation so the biggest um thing i want people to take away from this conversation is that investing it's not as risky as people or uneducated people portray it to be like mm. we obviously touched on the fact about the S&P 500 that since 1920 it's average about 10% and people can check this out you know I mean countless of world wars <laughs> countless of recessions all kinds of obstacles you can yeah. think has been thrown at it yeah. but it still perceives it still wins and like if that isn't an example of how investment can generate money long term with compounding I don't know what is and based on those facts it's not as risky as uh, as some people may uh, portray it to be mm. and that's all the facts you need I think that's the biggest tip I want people to take away from uh, from, from this podcast as well and yeah just do your own homework as well like just do your own homework in general enjoy it it will lead to better things. It will lead to absolutely better things. Better money management. Yeah. Better growth in terms of net worth and stuff like that. You can find a way to reduce your debt in like ways you would never even think about right now. All because you've decided to become more financial literate. Mm. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey. Rome wasn't built in one day. 
These are the conversations that I I enjoy. Like, yeah. They the make energy. sense. They make sense. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, people like to talk about, you know, like, like girls pieing all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you get to a certain age and you're like, doesn't really change, yeah. does it? It's yeah. done. It's, it's done. done. It's done. <laughs> it's done. It's done. Yeah. I've done that. Let's get this bag, man. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of conversations, you and Izzy and I think your friend Jermaine, yeah. your, your guys are starting off a podcast. It's called Money Banter and Culture. Money Banter and Culture, yeah. I'm concerned about the money. Guys, feel free to follow it. It's called <laughs> the NBC Podcast on Instagram, right? Yeah. And I think you guys are preparing your first episode. I've heard good things about it. Yeah. So um, anyone who wants to check it out, cry all right it was a pleasure having you um thanks for spending your time with us thanks for having the chat anytime there's, man. A, there's a lot of offline online conversations we'll, we'll try and figure out how to piece it together but this has been very very useful very resourceful and hopefully we can have you back again for some other topics regardless whether 100%. it's money or not and 100%, yeah man. anything i just want people to enjoy it man you know, hopefully i can share some tips and knowledge from my experience and yeah. hopefully you can you know just take them just do a lot better than me like you know yeah. we all we all need to win some